Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. Our, our country is in chaos because we have leaders who are in chaos with themselves. We are in need of a follow God instead of following man. You'll you never see change happen until you begin to make change happen. And unfortunately, that hasn't been done in the church or in the country. You're listening to Zero Today. Welcome to my fam all around the world. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Zero Out of the Day with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. I am your humble host, Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA. It presents you with uh, seeds of wisdom and insight, empowerment, and liberation. We're promoting knowledge that is engaging and transforming. We're empowering you. That's our goal. Our goal is to empower you, the listener, to be uh, know about your world to be involved in your world, but most of all, to impact the world around you. And we want to say thank you for joining us today on this glorious Monday evening here in our great world. God has blessed us to see another day, and I'm just excited about it. I'm glad. It's still, you know, so much going on. And we got a lot to talk about, so we're going to get into that. But I, I want to say thank you, and I'm glad that you are sharing in the broadcast with us. Again, you're always welcome to join us in this illuminating journey. Uh, call us. Call our phone line, 917-388-4293. And hopefully in the future, guys, hopefully in the future we'll be uh, upgrading. We're always trying to upgrade, uh, you know, to be a benefit, a better blessing to you, our listening audience. But join us. Call the line. Uh, we're having some problems with the chat line at the moment, but we're going to try to get the chat room open. So uh, if you want to, you can call in and you can join us in the chat room as soon as we get that up and running. Uh, always, we welcome you to send us emails. Uh, send us email. Get us faith. Uh, send us all kind of faith, uh, feedback. You know, uh, Email PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com. Let me slow it out just a little bit because I'm kind of, oh, boy, I, I had a, I've been wound up all day today. So let me slow down just a little bit so, <laughs> so I won't be starting to stamper or stammer and all that stuff. But like I was saying, you could uh, send us an email, PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com. Join us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. We're on Twitter, twitter.com slash prophesy. Facebook, send us feedback. We really appreciate, it. guys. You guys have really, you have really been helping the show grow, and we just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, we're always trying to do better, and you guys are really helping us. And remember, anytime you miss a live broadcast, if you can't join us and you can't get us some, uh, you can't be in live. There's always an archive broadcast on blogtalkradio.com. Uh, you can hit us up at ltneilministries.com. You can follow, uh, you can catch the archive broadcast. But we just want to let you know we are here and we're going strong in the name of the Lord. And on that note, let's go to the Lord in prayer before we go into any broadcast. We just like to start off with prayer uh, so that he could lead us and guide us in the way that we should go. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We magnify. We bless you. Our soul makes her boast in you. We say thank you for every good and every perfect gift that you've done. We ask you to bless all those who are in need today, Father God. Bless all those who are listening and those who will be listening. God, that you will just be glorified in everything we say and do. It may be pleasing to yours. And as always, as we say, words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, our rock and redeemer. Amen. Listen, I'm excited about today, but <laughs> I, we've had a busy weekend, and you know, February, Black History Month, all kind of p- programs going on. And um, this month, across uh, the African Methodist Episcopal Church, uh, we are observing the founding of our great Zion, found and the birth of our uh, the founder of our church, uh, the right Reverend Bishop uh, Richard Allen. 
So, you know, it's been a lot going on, trying to get there and back, all these programs and things of that nature. But I ain't tired yet. Uh, my doctor has placed me on uh, some things to kind of help me get a little focused. I, I didn't tell you I got ADD, eight adult ADD, and hard for me. Uh, it's hard for me to stay focused sometimes, you know, keep still and all that stuff. But <laughs> thanks be to God for some medicine. Uh, got a lot accomplished, but I tell you, sometimes the side effects of the medicines are not worth it. Uh, <laughs> but that's just me. Uh, it's always a lot of news going on. And, 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 you know, this Middle East thing has been getting to me. I, have you been following? I hope you have been following the Middle East uh, uh, revolts. I don't, I don't, I can't think of a very better word to to say of it. I mean, it's got some people going crazy. Uh, it has, we're witnessing history in the making. That's the part I love about it. You know, we're, we're actually witnessing this happen. And we're watching dictator regimes or whatever you want to call them. We're watching them kind of fall apart as people, you know, the people are crying out for uh, more freedom. What's interesting is that it's been happening in Muslim countries, you know, uh, and that's the phenomenal thing, you know. Uh, suppression, uh, suppression is never good anywhere. But suppression in a pla- in a in a land where suppression has you know has been the norm, has been uh, the rule, is coming to an end, or it's, it's trying to come to an end. And uh, it's just interesting where it's happening. Uh, you know, it's starting in Tunisia. And then it moved from Tunisia to Egypt, and it's moved from Egypt to Yemen, from Yemen to Libya, and 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 I was watching the news earlier today about Libya and the boy. Uh, is is just something, uh, you know, <clears throat> they are not. That, I mean, the, the the people, the the guys who are in control of these countries are putting up a very steadfast resistance. And you know Libya, uh, Libya's leader Gaddafi, uh, Omar Gaddafi. You know he he what? <laughs> just the name in itself, you know, is it's funny to me. But uh, you know, here his son got on television saying uh, that people want to revolt, then we're going to put them down. They might as well be re- be prepared for it, you know. And you know, I'm, of course, I'm really paraphrasing what he said, but that's the gist of it, you know. Saying if they want to fight, we'll give them a fight. Uh, we're in control, and it's, it's amazing. It never fails to amaze me. Um, and people don't, you know, people don't realize that. But dictators will do anything in their power to stay in power, and we're we're seeing that in the Middle East. And unfortunately, for um, Mubarak in Egypt, although he tried his best to retain power despite all the uprisings against him, the protests against him, and the demands for him to step down. He had to. He eventually gave into the pressure, and, and I'm just wondering to see what will happen uh, in uh, in Libya and all these other places where uh, the people are crying out. They're throwing, you know, they're going against the government. But you know, this is nothing new. And we're talking about Africa here. And when I, when I, when, I, when I say I'm talking about, we're talking about Africa here. You got to understand the fact that uh, that that for the past hundred years or so. There's been those kind of revolts. Now, uh, we're not even talking about you know the things that happen in Rwanda, Sudan, that's, that's going on in the Sierra Leone region and the Congo region, all those other areas where people are, thi- are dying. There's mass genocide in those areas, and you know that went unnoticed for 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 years. It went on it went unnoticed, and even when the people were trying to rise up against these, uh, you know. The, the, those rulers who were oppressing them, killing them, and doing all this stuff, uh, forcing their children into into uh, not slavery, but forcing them to to fight for the army, you know. And, and you had little boys and little girls, you know, losing their lives and and losing their whole childhood to to murderous acts. That went un that went unreported for a long time, and it wasn't until you know it wasn't until there was a great demand by most of the people who were invested in those you know the country's natural resources, <laughs> you know what I mean, the gold, the, the diamonds, whatever else those you know those natural resources, and they were having problems get them that they began to cry out to the U.S. and to the U.N. for uh, support. Now, um, I'm, my my thing is, I'm just wondering how it's going to be. I'm wondering how it's going to be with uh, our lighter-skinned African brothers and sisters. Uh, will 
uh, you know, they're getting a lot of media attention, and and they're you know we 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 seeing one dictator out, and they're trying to get others out with the help of the U.S. media or, or in the international media. But uh, you know, we didn't we didn't have this kind of uproar in the '90s when Rwandans were killing each other. <laughs> you know, what I'm, saying? I, I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm just saying that's just me. So I'm, I'm just wondering uh, what kind of international support. Would that be, and how you know, and how this is going to play out? Because this is history in the making, and this is, uh, you know, it's phenomenal to watch. But again, just keep, continue to lift up our brothers and sisters in the Middle East. Uh, they, 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 they need your prayers. Uh, a lot going on. And speaking of brothers and sisters, uh, I got a lot of. I got a lot of things I want to talk about. I'm I'm splitting this up into two segments today. Actually, Uh, I I posted I want to talk about uh, is your pastor a predator? But before I get into that, because I I know quite a few you probably uh, when you saw what we were going to be talking about, uh, quite a few of you probably thought that um, yeah, this is going to be an interesting broadcast, and I'm 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 quite sure it it will be. So you know, y'all get ready for that one. (laughs) Get ready for this topic. I, I'm, I'm serious. You're going to enjoy it. But uh, before we get into that topic, before we get into that topic, uh, there, there's been some events that's been happening in the field of education that I, I just felt I had to address. Um, and, and because I'm an educator and I've been around education, you know, you know, all of us have been around education. If we got to, you know, we get to school, but. Uh, you know there there is no argument that our, uh, our american public school system is in serious serious uh disarray it's a big quagmire and um and there's so much that can be done to correct it that we're not doing uh there's so much you know it, it's a bureaucratic thing it's it, it it you know it's a lot going into it but I've been reading the art, some articles, and you know, watching the news and things of this nature. Um, and I came across something uh, uh, last week uh, that I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, the the North Carolina, in particular, the Raleigh uh, chapter of the North Carolina NAACP, uh, they they host an annual uh, rally in um, in Raleigh. Charlotte and um and all in that in that area. Uh I wanna make sure it's, yeah, it's it's in it's in Riley in the in the that uh tri area. They host the annual uh march. They've been doing it for about a good five years or so. And uh, the purpose of the march is to kinda of to bring to attention uh the inequities of society in that area, in particular education. Now, last year, March two thousand ten uh, the Wake County School Board uh, voted to uh, do away with its diversity busing program uh, policy. Now, diversity busing is just a fancy way of saying they were taking black kids from one place and busing them to another school. And they were taking white kids from one place and busing them to another school. And they voted to uh, end that practice. And their argument was that they voted because, you know, one, it was a fiscal thing, you know, trying to save some money. Of course, it's always about money. Well, we can't. Where can we cut cut things and, you know, not hurt too many people? So they were saying they were going to try to save some money. But the other argument was that the decrease in population of white students in certain schools uh, presented this opportunity for them to uh, – Reevaluate the busing program, the policy that they had, uh, because it appeared that you know there was an imbalance between uh, the uh, race population, ethnic populations of schools. Now, of course, uh, that was cold word for oh, you're trying to resegregate the schools for uh, black folk. You know, you know how we black folk get. We, you know, anytime we feel intimidated or anytime we feel that. Something is going to be something that we value, a sacred cow of ours is going to be 
done away with, even if it does need to be done away with. And in this case, some you know, in most cases, some of it needs to be done away with. Uh, you know, we ra- that's the only time we raise a fuss. We got to have something to get mad about. And the NAACP had something to get mad about. Now, mind you, those who are listening who are members of the NAACP or any other uh, organization that is uh, committed to building up the the helping uh, people of color, I'm not knocking you. I'm I'm not. Please don't misunderstand. I am not knocking you. I'm not talking about – I'm I'm not trying to put you in a bad light. I'm just just discussing it. The fuss was raised, and – it came across to them as the Wake County schools attempting to resegregate the schools. I, I don't know how they got it, but you know, got that. But I, I, I try to put myself in their perspective. I, I just couldn't do it. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I just couldn't do it. Uh, the reality is that there are so many school districts across the country that uh, it's, it's becoming a national trend. Uh, to, you know, uh, they're backing off of the attempts to bring about diversity. It's, you know, they're they're, they're kind of slacking in their efforts. And, and I, I'm going to be honest with you. If they're slacking in their efforts or if they're trying to discontinue, uh, discontinue efforts to maintain diversity in, in public schools in any area, then, yes, you should get on that case. You should jump on that case. You should let it be known uh, this needs to happen. But, you know, at the same time, we need to have a kind of reality, you know, reality check. Uh, now, this is what they said. Uh, 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 it, it, you know, they're trying to do racial balances. So, I, me, I just wanted to find a little bit more. Uh and so I did some research, and I, I found out that in 2007, um, the Supreme Court, uh, they issued a decision regarding this. Uh, and, and now, mind you, this is before the policy changed, but but uh, uh, apparently it was it was you know had been addressed before, had been concerned before, had had been uh, had gone to court. And you know, it had gotten appealed all the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court in 2007. They found that school districts can't pursue integration policies uh, uh, using students' race as a basis. Can't do it. Neither can they use busing as a means to uh, accomplish uh, this um, integration, whatever. So I, I thought that was interesting. And, of course, I kept digging, and the more I dig, the more I found. And, and I came up with this uh, – I came up. I found this here, and I'm gonna let you hear this this clip. This clip is from um, uh, what's the name of the show? I can't say it. it's Aliana. I think that's how it is. Anyway, came across this show, and they were talking about this. And I I want you to listen to this. Uh, what uh, this particular professor says about uh, his insight into um, segregated schools. All right. Check it out. Research has found that schools today are more segregated than ever based on class. Many states have overturned their laws to force integration by busing students in from poorer neighborhoods, and no rich parent wants to make their kids travel far. Even though research shows that students in diverse schools often fare better when it comes to grades and graduation rates. So could segregation be one of the reasons that education is in so much trouble in America? And if so, what's to be done? We're here to discuss it with me. I have Christopher Chambers, the author of the blog, Nat Turner's Revenge. Professor Chambers, thank you for being here. Thank you. Uh, Like I said, segregation by race is now illegal, and yet segregation by class seems to exist in America, but why is it not talked about as much? Is it just harder to to pinpoint, to really put a finger on this? Uh, I don't think it's hard to pinpoint. I mean, historically, when you had Jim Crow, um, segregation. It's called de jure segregation. It meant the government enforced it. This is something that's been with us since there have been slaves and settlers in, in this country before it was a country. But it was codified fairly recently. When I mean fairly recently, there was what they called de facto segregation, where people were set aside and discriminated against. And the law kind of caught up with that maybe 200 years ago. And after the Civil War, 
there was no there were no laws basically saying blacks had to go to separate schools until they codified that. So, in other words, it was the government, it was government action. It was this de jure, that Latin term segregation, that was made illegal by Brown versus the board. But the, quote, de facto segregation, that's always been with us. So, it's very interesting how, you know, people use that distinction because then it becomes, well, if the government's not involved, then we don't need to regulate it. We don't need to worry about it. The, on the other hand, the class distinction, that involves, might involve, say, middle class black people versus uh, inner city black people or more educated, more, uh, let's just say, um, assimilated Latinos in California versus recent immigrants. So you have that angle coming in on top of it too and it complicates it. It complicates it a lot. I think that is one of the biggest problems here that people don't realize is where it uh, pins certain minorities against other minorities. These aren't the people that you expect to be uh, against each other. Well, no, I mean, it, and what I try to do, and I've, I've covered this in the mainstream media, and there, this really isn't talked about in, Ameri in American mainstream media for some reason, because race has always been uncomfortable. It's always been our serpent in the Garden of Eden, so to speak. Well, now what you have are pe the, the, the racism angle, where you do have predominantly wealthier white school districts that don't want to have minority students brought in, then you have minorities in, in may, maybe even intra-minority conflict because you might have people who are doctors, lawyers, government workers here in, in the District of Columbia, in the capital of the United States, who say, look, I don't want my kids going to school with other black people who I feel aren't uh, behaving properly or poor or coarse, behaving coarsely or, or, or even cr criminal behavior. So you have the racism angle, but then there's the classism angle. I try to separate them because I think they are two different things. But do you think, uh, for example, many states had had forced integration programs where, like we said, these students would be bused in from far away, and however many states have also now retracted those laws. So why have they done that? Is that because people put so much pressure on them despite oh, uh, yes. the statistics that show that these diverse schools uh, help students? There, there, there I, I take it out of the classism range and is in the racism range because there what you have was a Supreme Court saying you could not use this really extraordinary remedy of busing to, to enforce diversity, which went against years of prior Supreme Court precedent. And there it was just political. There it was the conservatives in charge of the court. All right. Uh, you heard this this guy talking here. And you heard the discussion. Uh, it's gone from it's gone from uh, racial discrimination uh, segregation to class discrimination uh, segregation. And and, and it, you, you know we might as well be honest with ourselves. That's how it is. That's that's just the reality. Uh, we black folk, we don't you know we get a little little something something, get a little education, get a little money. We get all these things, and uh, we want to move on. And we you know we don't want to be bothered with our past. Some of us, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's the reality. And white folk, of course, has never changed. They, some of them never really wanted us in our schools, and they still don't want us in our school, and their schools rather, not in our school, but in their schools. And they do it all. They show it. They show that they don't want us because they're always. They think about how they treat young black men and young black women. Most, you know, black students in the schools, uh, not just public schools, but even in the private schools. You know, uh, I, I think about how they. You know, I just think about how they use black students. For athletes, you know, most of, most of the students who go to uh, private schools, parochial schools that are black are athletes. They were recruited for the schools because of their talents and abilities, and they are aided in the academic area because they know the 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 coaches know, you know, the principal know that you know that they need their player to to perform well in in the classroom so they can continue to perform well. Uh, on the basketball court and on a football field, wherever it may be, that's just the reality. And you know, uh, busing. I I'm gonna tell you, when I was in my hometown, they they had busing. 
they they had busing, uh, and it was always funny to me because you know you had, you had a couple of people live just a few blocks away who went to a whole different school, uh, <laughs> uh, and one on way on the south side of the town had opportunity, you know, were scheduled for they they were they were zoned for uh, a predominantly white school way on the north side of town, and you know it, it got expensive, of course, but uh, you know. They never changed, but they got you know. Of course, they always had good athletes and whatever you may be. But that just that's just the way it is. Things not change. Look, I'm gonna take a quick break and uh, you can call into the show and join us in the chat room. Uh, if you want to continue this subject and, and if, if you know, we might talk about it a little bit more. But I really want to get into the uh, the next segment. Is your pastor a predator? Oh my God, I think that's going to be a good one. So we're gonna take a quick break and um. While while we're taking this break, uh, y'all be getting ready for the discussion. And make sure you're ready because I'm ready, ready, ready. Be right back after this message. Hey friends, uh, if you're like me, you have a lot of stuff on your computer, and I'm always writing papers, I'm always uh, doing a lot of stuff, and I've gotten into amateur composing, but about a week ago, my computer crashed on me, and when I say I cra- it crashed, you know, I was going crazy, I, I almost thought I wouldn't be able to do anything, but I didn't have to panic, uh, because of two things, one, I backed everything else, uh, I backed everything up. But uh, <laughs> I also had saved my things to Carbonite Online. Since 2006, Carbonite has backed up over 80 billion, 80 billion files. And uh, it's easy because now you don't don't have to worry about stuffing things through stacks of CDs or going through all your CDs or DVDs to see if you have it backed up. Uh, Carbonite uses the same encryption technology used in online banking and e-commerce e-commerce transactions, it's safe, uh, on-site storage, your backed-up files are stored in uh, their highly secure data centers, it's protected from their fire spills and other home and office disasters, it's fast, it's simple, and easy file recovery, and if anything's happened to any file, Carbonite finds it automatically in the backup and puts it back on your computer right where it needs to be. It's just a few simple, easy steps. And right now, you can try Carbonite for free for 15 days by sampling, uh, by simply visiting their website, www.carbonite.com. I'm telling you, I love it. I'm thankful for it. I use it. I'm quite sure that you would, too. So get a chance. Go check out Carbonite.com and back up all your computer gift, uh, things. Insurance company, they call it Liberty Mutual. 
responsibility. What's your policy? Liberty Mutual. All right, welcome back to the... pastor a predator ah uh, now i i know most of us when we when we hear about uh pastors being predators I automatically probably start thinking about the catholic church and you know and their 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 abuse scandals that was going on uh in uh 2000s you know in in that decade uh but you'd be surprised how how big an issue uh clergy misconduct is now that's the fancy. I, I'm gonna use that fancy word, clergy misconduct. Um, how it is, you know. Uh, and I don't just want to limit it because, uh, yeah, when we think about predators, uh, what, what, you know, what do you mean by predator? I'm, I'm talking about pastors who, 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 who uh, try to use vulnerable people. They take advantage of them. And, and when I'm talking about predator, you know, I'm just, I'm not just talking about. Yeah, it, it's in a sexual way. It's in a financial way. What about you know? We always we we always know about the pastors, you know, sexual things, and yeah, that's that's no big deal because some of us probably much pretty much gotten used to that. Uh, but what about the pastor that's controlling? What about the pastor that's manipulating? What about the pastor that's uh, excessively greedy? Always asking you to make the sacrifices. That's what we're talking about. Is your pastor a predator? How can you tell if your pastor is a predator? Uh, uh, what 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 should you be looking for? What how how do you know? And if that if your pastor is a predator, uh, what should you be doing? Uh, how should you be dealing with that? Um, how should you be? Um, what should you address it? Should you run from it? Uh, you believe you'd be surprised how many people who are in the church are victims of clergy abuse. Uh, yeah, they are victims of clergy abuse and. They keep their mouth shut, and they keep their mouth shut because they want to protect their pastor. Uh, uh, and, and you know, here's the thing: they always say, "Touch not God's anointed." Yeah, touch not God's anointed, and that they've been interpreting that to mean that you don't talk about the preacher, you don't talk about his action, you don't talk about any of that. Well, reality is, you need to be talking about it because it's happening, and it's happening more frequently than we would care to admit. It's happening uh, in, in 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 ways that we don't want to admit, neither confront, but it is happening, and I think we need to address that. Um, and, and you know what? It's not just happening in the Catholic Church. Now, the Catholic Church just happens to be the wealthiest and the most recognized, and the Catholic Church just happens to be, uh, you know, the model and what everybody tries to emulate and you know putting that kind of pressure on men and and women who are nuns you know those who take those vows of celibacy uh putting that kind of pressure is hard now uh, here's the good thing you know uh it's not it's not that it's ignored but it it happens uh but you know the catholic church has addressed it but it's happening in every 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 church Every denomination, uh, from Southern Baptist to uh, even in, in my in, in my great Zion, uh, AME Church, African Methodist Episcopal Church, and uh, even in the good old sanctified churches like the Church of God in Christ, it's happening. And, 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 and you know, yes, ministers are not just a, you know just not praying on uh, the children. They're not just preying on children. I'm talking about they're preying on adults too, you know. And it's a lot going on. Uh, my good friend, um, my my good friend, Pastor D. L. Foster, uh, uh, he he's with Witness Freedom Ministries, and he's been on the show, uh, been one of our guests, and uh, he he on his blog, uh, Gay uh, Christian Watch Movement, he he has he has really really brought the issue of clergy misconduct, clergy abuse, clergy sexual abuse, uh, 
He brought it to the eyes of the public, in particular, you know, uh, more 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 so in the in the Church of God in Christ than uh, in any other denomination, um, you know. And there's a lot going on. Let, let me, show, you know, there's there, there's the um, there's uh, I think about the story of uh, Reverend Sherman Allen, who who was the pastor. He was a pastor in um, an up and coming pastor in in um, the Church of God in Christ in, in Dallas, Texas, uh, in the Dallas Fort Worth area. And basically, what what happened was, you know, he was uh, sexually abusive to some of his students, uh, some of his congregants. You know, he and he was a freaky one at that. Uh, but he was doing some things and uh, that that um, were ungodly, totally ungodly, and, and you know it went unspoken for a long time until people finally, you know, finally got the courage to speak up about what was happening, and and you know they said that and they 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 went public, went public, and of course uh, he had to. Uh, be accountable for his actions uh, in the legal system. Uh, uh, that's just one example, but um, there are countless examples of of, of uh, pastors, ministers, clergy person who take advantage of those that they are supposed to be serving. The sad thing is that most of those who are being taken advantage of continue to allow it to happen. And when they allow it to happen, it's, it becomes so frequent that, you know, it's okay, it's just another thing. Uh, I like to think about a, a, a couple of times, you know, being in the pastor study and uh, you just hit some of the things you hear. <laughs> some of the preachers talk about, you know, not just in the, you know, of course, some of them talk about their sexual conquest. Some of them talk about, uh, you know, how they get money from the people. And some of them talk about how they live off the people. All that stuff. It, it, all that stuff, and mind you, again, I'm not attack. I'm a pastor. What I'm attack pastors for? I don't, don't want to attack, but I, I think it, it should be brought to the. You know, the issue should be addressed. Uh, uh, Michael Eric Dyson, he, he talks about this. He wrote about this in, in one of his uh, essays, and uh, he puts forth this story. He says that he was a young preacher, you know, a young Baptist preacher, and uh, he was had the privilege of being able to sit in the back. With the big preacher, you know, the pastor and the visiting preacher, and uh, while they were uh, uh, after the service, you know, the preacher had come and he had preached the preached the church on fire, and, and you know, got them all Holy Ghost filled, and and they were, you know, led them to the mountaintop, and as soon as they got from the mountaintop, they went into the back room, you know, into the pastor study, and and he had the privilege of going into the pastor study, and. When they got into the pastor study and they were talking about how 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 wonderful the service was and how 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 great you know the people were responding to the preacher and and, and the preacher was like yeah it's good it's good and and he 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 said but I noticed this woman you know and, and I want to know if you can help me get that woman you know I I, I want to get with that woman tonight and. According to his writing, you know the way he wrote it, uh, the pastor assisted him in getting that woman, the, that woman that he desired. And I'm quite sure that goes on in a lot of pool, in a lot of pastor studies uh, across the country, across the world. Uh, but it, 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 we, you know, as a preacher, we're not only uh, we're not only obligated to God, but we're obligated to to the law of the land and to ethical and moral behavior. Now we fall short. I, I'll be the first to admit you to admit to you. I, I know what it's like to fall into uh, clergy misconduct, unethical behavior, um, uh, wrong relationships with the wrong persons. I, I know what it's like inside the church, not outside the church. I'm talking about inside the church. I, I know what it's like. I can talk about it because I'm free. So if y'all go talk about me, that's all right. I don't care. I'm free, and who the son says free is free indeed. But um, uh, so many people get abused. I, uh, you know, sometimes pastors get too much power, get too much authority, and you know, uh, there's always somebody fighting in church because the pastor don't want to get. Uh, and more recently, there was some. Uh, there was a church uh, where the fault, the fight. Excuse me. Fight led to, uh, excuse me, 
you know, uh, the, the argument led to fighting inside the church and outside the church, and the pastor wouldn't leave, and you know, just typical church drama. Uh, but, but there, 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 there are times when, when people allow the pastor to take advantage of them, and when that pastor is not. Uh, Following according to the commands of God as as what the requirements of ministry are. And, yeah, you're going to have all kind of chaos. Um, and I, I, I thought about this. I said, well, the scripture address, does, does the scripture address clergy misconduct? Yeah. And right off the top, yeah. You know, you, I, uh, first thing that comes to mind is First Timothy uh, First Timothy, where when it talks about the qualifications for a bishop, and if you study, you know, language long enough, you know, simple, simple uh, language, you understand that uh, the bishop is synonymous with a pastor. It's just synonymous with the elder. That word in the Greek, presbyterios, means the same thing. Uh, pretty much the uh, same thing, uh, but we just. We've gotten more distinct, you know. We've distinguished it more now, so we've set the order of elders, the bishop, and all, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But when you go into that scripture and you read the qualifications for the scripture uh, for uh, for bishop, it says they must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, uh, good behavior. Hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, gentle, not quarrelsome, not quarrel, uh, not covetous, one who could take care of his own house, uh, even and, and have his children in order. Because if you can't have his children in order, you, you can't have the house of God in order. And um, uh, shouldn't be puffed up. I think that's what it says. Uh, not not a not a, a beginner, not a novice. Shouldn't be puffed up, unless uh, if he gets puffed up, he'll fall into condemnation and temptation from the devil or the snare of the devil. Um, so that, that gives the that gives the qualification. But look what it, I mean: not violent, not greedy for money, uh, uh, good behavior, sober-minded. Now, ask yourself: Is your pastor like that? And, and, and before you answer that question. You got to understand, we pastors, we know how to fake the fun because we have a different persona when we get up to preach. I, for for me, for example, uh, you know, I'm a whole different person when I preach, a whole different person. Uh, you know, when I when you if you were to see me and talk with me in conversation, you would never think that I am a, uh, the type of uh, preacher that I am. But it, it's just, you know, we know how to, we. We have a different persona, that preaching persona, you know, and we always uh, we joke about when we're talking in conversation and uh, try to get a little loud. Say, use your preacher voice, like we tell kids, use your outside voice. <laughs> but um, before you answer the question, uh, you need to actually ask, ask yourself. I, I'm not talking. Don't ask yourself. Uh, yeah, my man of God, my woman of God is is you know they they sweet that this this that that that. Uh, how well you know you ask the question. What what are the signs? Well, sometimes the signs are not always visible. Uh, I, you can't always tell somebody's manipulating you until you have been manipulated because you know they can talk you into doing what they want you to do. Uh, you know, you can't tell that someone is. Uh, there are many cases where you know, you know, the preacher, the, the the couple, the wife, the husband, or the the young lady, young man goes in for counseling, and the, you know, the preacher, you know, sits them down and presents the the uh, aura concern that they don't get, and the next thing you know, it goes from being a spiritual thing. Well, I'm gonna pray for you. We pray uh, to going into uh, you know. Well, you know, it gets physical and, and doesn't always have to turn into sexual, uh, but it, you know, it can't leave there. But they take advantage of that, and, and then you be, you know, they know that you need them, almost like a codependent behavior. Uh, you know, you they they manipulate to get that. 
And now, what about the preachers who do pray on the, you know, for sexual gratification? And there are those, there are plenty who pray who, who pray on their 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 members for sexual gratification. You know, they gonna sleep with all the women they can. They gonna get with all the, you know, now because some people you don't know which way they go. <laughs> you don't know which way they go. Uh, they try to get all the gratification they can. I'm gonna take a quick break. When I come back, uh. We're going to continue the discussion. I'm out. Call in, 917-388-4293. That's our number for you to call in and be in a discussion. Join us in the chat room, blog talk, uh, blogtalkradio.com, in the chat room. Send us an email. We want to get your insight and comments. Don't be scared to call in. Call in. Let us know what you're thinking. Be right back after this. Do you have ideas that you'd like to see in printed book form? Do you have a book idea that you help putting it together? Are you an inspiring author looking to publish your own works? The Zero Publishing Company is what you have been looking for. Since 2004, Zero has been helping aspiring authors bring their ideas to life. We are a self-publishing and author consulting company dedicated to sewing and growing your ideas into print. Our rates are reasonable and our service is excellent. For more information, Visit www.zerapublishing.webs.com. Sewing and growing your ideas in the print. We are Zera Publishing Company, a limited liability company. Hi. I'm looking to save in insurance. You don't want to deal with a lot of flibberty flab or mumbo jumbo. Sounds like you need to name your price. No gobbledygook. Never. Do I still get all the dag-nubbit coverage I need? Sure. We give you a quote, and you can adjust your price up and down to find something that works for you. This thing is okey mcsmoky skittle doo Great! I think? Diggity. Oh. Still not sure. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. Call or click today. Hello, I'm a Christ follower. And I'm a Christian. What you got there? Oh, just catching up on some reading. <laughs> got some rule books, ethics manuals, and uh, a morality play or two just for good measure. That's a lot of reading. Yeah, and right on top I've got my trusty sword. <laughs> King James Version. Neatly packaged inside this leather bag. I like the handles. Oh, they're handy. <laughs> Do you want to see my bumper sticker collection? Sure. I uh, ran out of room on my car. Wow, uh, those are clever. Thanks. So what do you wear to display your Christianity? Uh, well, nothing, I guess. I don't know, I, I just try to follow Christ in the way I live my life. I don't feel like I have to wear my heart on my sleeve, as it were. Yeah, I have to wear my heart on my sleeve, as it were. Are you mocking me? Are you mocking me? Cut it out. Cut it out. I'm a big dork. I'm a big dork. Oh. All right, welcome back to Zero Today with Pastor Renzo Neal. Uh, again, I really want to appreciate you. All that you guys have been doing to support it. Call in, 917-388-4293. Get on the line for us. We want to hear what you have to say about this comment. And uh, again, remember, if, all, if you ever miss a show, a live show, you can always call in. You can always catch a broadcast. Uh, you can always catch an archive broadcast on www.ltnewministries.com or www.ltnewministries.com. Com. You can you can catch an archive show, uh, and uh, you know, plenty of shows going back all the way to June since we started the show, and we get better and better. Joining us uh, in the broadcast, we're talking about is your pastor a predator, and how can you know if your pastor's a predator? Some you, you, you we we you know we hide easily, and. Um, I think a lot of us know our pastors, our ministers, uh, clergy persons we know are predators. Uh, we either choose to ignore it or we're just too afraid to address it. 
and in probably in most cases the last part with you know the latter where they were too afraid to address it uh but the reality is that uh it is a serious issue. We we have preachers who are actually taking advantage of their members. And not only are they taking advantage of them, you know, they're 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 causing they're they're really damaging their Christian faith. In most cases in in, in particular when it comes to a sexual relationship, you have those all oh, those women uh that they don't know what you know they feel they take blame and they're always trying to wonder and mind you these are adults i'm not talking about the children because the children are innocent victims nine times out of ten you know they didn't they didn't instigate the relationship and they you know it's they are overtaken by uh the adult predator but in the case of adult people men and women where uh adult uh people are are being abused and uh, you know taken advantage of it is it, something that's that that needs to be addressed and brought forth, uh, brought to the light. And uh, I, I got a caller, so we're talking about is your pastor a predator? So, uh, caller, uh, yeah, let me get you on the air. I know who you are. Go ahead. Hello, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Ah, how you doing? I'm glad you called I'm in. I'm okay. Oh, hey. I'm okay. That's good. What, what's your insight on the uh, on this subject here about is your pastor a predator? Uh, do you, can you tell if your pastor a predator? Or not? I know your you, your pastor. <laughs> praise God, your pastor probably is not. Well, is not. Uh, but I'm well, quite. I'm sure you probably know or heard or have heard of those who prey on their members. Yes, I have heard of um, situations as. As that, but in my uh, situation, my uh, pastor is not a um, predator. Um, as a matter of fact, um, he's an apostle and he operates in an apostolic ministry, so he's always on his face before God. And um, he ha- you have to be cautious um, in doing so when you're praying on uh, people like that because you not only are you um you losing the spirits within your church and then you're wondering why your church is dealing with all kind of seductive behavior and stuff like that is because you allow that spirit to come in through the the head you know and that's what i have to say on 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 that issue you, you know what you you make a good point you make you make a great point uh uh if if, if you if if, if if that's true it it, it goes from from the head. So if your pastor, if if your pastor a predator, it could tr- it, it could go on down to the members, and, and they could end up you know going out and, and, and becoming. Now it doesn't always have to be like that, but I, I'm, I'm you know that spirit. I guess you could say that it's spirit. Yes, sir. Can yes, trans. Uh, yeah, it can it can transfer. It 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 can it can get on. And you know I I think about and and you know uh, a lot of people take on the personality of their pastors. Uh, yes. Sometimes, you know, uh, or or uh, pastors take on the personality of their overseers or their bishops or whoever it is, yes. you know. And if you know, they try to imitate that lifestyle. They try to imitate what they what they see, and even if it yes. is the most corrupt of behaviors, they still try to do it. Yes, correct, correct. Yeah, well, you know, uh, like like I said, I, I know your pastor <laughs> uh, is, is a wonderful man of God. So, yeah, it, it, but there there are other past there are, uh, are pastors who take advantage of members in various ways. Not not just uh, not just in not just in a sexual way, but uh, uh, think about financially. Think about those who. And I don't know why my answer machine went off while I'm in the middle of broadcast. <laughs> uh, uh, but those who take advantage of their members when it comes to money, I think about all you know. We talk about the pulpit pimps all the time. You know, the ones who got the big stuff. You got, I, I'm, right. I'm far from. I am far from it. My God, I'm far from it. But think right. about all those who who they they you know they live luxurious li- luxurious lives. Off the backs of their members, and they're always begging for more. Yeah, that's predatory. Right. You know? That's it's that's correct. preying on them, and, and they that's know correct. the members. 
they know, especially when you're in a congregation, for example, you know, congregation like mine. I don't have a lot of members, but but God, you know, can you imagine me trying to take advantage of the 10, 12, 15, 30 people that may come to my church regularly because I want to live a, a, a fancy life or the champagne life, right. all of this. But there, there's a lot going on like that. Yes. Well, look, pre- I totally agree. Uh huh. Well, I appreciate your call. I'm glad you called in. Um, I, I'm going to take a quick break and close out the show. Thanks for calling. Uh, okay. You're welcome. All right. Take this one quick break. And, uh, well, actually, you know what? I better not take a break. I, I think I might as well just keep on because I, I only have a few more minutes left in, uh, in the live show. Now, again, if you missed the live show, join, get in on the blog, uh, get on the archive show, catch that. And uh, share your insight uh, because we want to we really want to know your 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 ideas. But uh, there's always restoration, even if for the worst, there's that you can be restored. Uh, but uh, when it comes to that, when it, when it comes when it comes to restoration, the church has not been good at it, and. Um, uh, those people who have been abused by clergy, uh, taken advantage of by clergy, or by the church, not just clergy. Uh, I'm speaking of pastors particularly, but you know, church folk know how to, you know, they pray on church folk too, the weak and the vulnerable. And uh, got a clip here from Ted Haggard. If you remember Ted Haggard, you know, he's one of the, he's the pastor from Colorado. Fell from grace, I guess you could say. <laughs> you know, but um, he had a particular public uh, public exposure and uh he recently did an interview and he talked about uh, talked about the church and restoration i play this clip real quick and uh, uh we'll talk about a little bit more about it as soon as i can pull it up Nobody believes that. Everybody knows everybody sins. Okay? The differentiation between the church and everybody else is that we should respond with restoration, healing, hope, life to people's sin condition, to our sin condition. But we're losing that right now. And so what happened to me was I saw um, Martha Stewart get restored I saw Michael Vick get restored. I saw um, Tiger Woods get restored. I saw David Letterman get restored by their organizations, none of which say they believe in forgiveness, love, or restoration. And then I saw Jimmy Swaggart, who's been living fine for over 20, 25 years now since his scandal, and the church still hates him. And then I looked around at some of the others and I thought, the church does not believe the Bible. We market the Bible. The church only believes in forgiveness and restoration for insignificant people because we can market it. The NFL is doing a better job at it. CBS is doing a better job at it. Kmart is doing a better job at it. Virtually every institution on earth is demonstrating that they're doing a better job restoring people than the church. Now, and we're the make, only ones that market that we know how to do it. We are idiots. We are hypocrites. Now, he, he made some very interesting points there about uh, the role of the church. And, and why, why are we talking about this? And when you're talking about predators in the church, pastors who prey on people, you cannot forget the victim. You always have to remember that there's always a victim. And in most cases, the pastor ends up becoming the victim. And the victim, him or herself, ends up becoming the, the evil person. There have been countless times where, where people have ratted out the pastor, told the pastor's business. And and the members got mad at that member for telling the pastor's business. You know, the pastor abused them. The pastor misused funds, mishandled funds. The pastor is doing things that are not godly. And the pastor is doing 
all of that. Uh, and the reality is, you know, and, and what happens is when that person, you know, when that that is brought to the light, what is dark is brought to the light. The people get angry. And and and, and Ted makes a good point here. Uh, think about all the celebrities, <laughs> the celebrities who get caught up in all kinds of hell. All kinds of sin, all kinds of embarrassing things, and how quick the public is at least appears to be, how quick the public appears to restore them. And and he talked about David Letterman. You know, David Letterman admitted to having an affair, and somebody was trying to blackmail him. And you know, he made a a public spec. You know, he mocked himself. It was serious matter. He he got serious about it for a minute. But uh, you know, the public like okay. You know, big deal, big whoop, and we all know about what happened with Tiger, and, and of course, Tiger's situation was different, and uh, the, uh, the public still has not been too quick to forgive or restore, and uh, you know, the list could go on and on. We, you know, you could talk about Charlie Sheen and uh, Lindsay Lohan, all these, you know, all these 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 celebrities who get. Second, third, fourth, fifth, and infinite chances, you know. But the victim in when it comes to a predator in the church, they're cast out. They're uh, ostracized. And, and, and they're defellowshipped. <laughs> they, they get the left hand because they, nobody wants to give them the right hand of fellowship. And it's a sad case that things like that happens. But... um. It's a reality that it is happening. So what do you do? How do you confront that? How do you address it? Uh, what do you What do you say to the preacher who is being supported by their bishop or their overseer when they're, you know, they're blatantly involved in sin? What do you say? Uh, what do you say to the to the to the member who has to go to counseling because uh, of, of the, the vulnerability, uh, because of all the pain, the hardship, and the, all the stuff that they're experiencing? What what do you say to them? How do you minister to them? What do you do? That's the question. That's what we want to answer. And, and you'd be surprised how many people don't want to answer that question. What do you do? Well, of course you're going to pray. Praying is you know, praying is only right. But you need to go to your neighbor. You need to go. The Bible says that. If you see someone overtaken in the fault, you go to them. But you take yourself into consideration, lest you fall into that same temptation. And I, I, I just know that so many people, uh, we let those people who are in that, involved in that kind of thing, continue. And, and before long, you know, before long, it gets out of hand until it becomes like an Eddie Long. You know, Eddie Long didn't just that stuff didn't just happen overnight. This is a you know this this was created over, over a period of time. And over a period of time, uh, this man had improper relationships. And mind you, it doesn't matter what, you know, hey, he settled. In his mind, in the minds of his accusers, it's over and done with. But reality is, you know, they still got to deal with it now. But what about that pastor that's not Eddie Long? What about the pastor who, you know, got the storefront church? The storefront church. (laughs) <laughs> he don't want his member to marry some people yeah. and, and, and the Bible talks about that He said that in the last days They're going to be pastors They're going to be preachers They're going to be people telling you Forbidding to marry Yeah, And for whatever reason it might be They're going to be saying Don't marry this woman Don't do not do it to this person And that kind of stuff is, is happening in the church You know, it, it, you ain't got to be big to, have, to fall from grace you know that the term we use. You ain't got to be big for that to happen. You don't have to be big, you know, be uh, big to pray to be a predator. It happens in the small church. It happens in the large church. There is no, there is no dividing line for this. So what do we do? Uh, how do we handle it? You know. I think as pastors, we need to be more accountable, and, and, and as pastors, not only do we need to be more accountable, but we need to be a little bit more transparent. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with telling folk that you got some problems and some issues. Now, in our in our church, the AME Church, we, uh, we are required by law, by church law, for those who are entering ministry, you have to have a psychiatric, psychiatric evaluation before you even go, you know, before you start. 
Why you in the process? You need to go through that process because, uh, you know, they want to make sure that you are uh, psychologically ready, prepared to handle the call of ministry. And so many people, so many people have gone into the ministry and they, they you know, they, they start a church, they pastor a church, uh, they do all this stuff and they end up taking advantage of people because for example you know they want the church to grow so what they're going to do they're going to make sure everybody does and when what they want them to do and when they don't do what they want them to do well you know they start getting you know preaching from the pulpit you know preaching preaching business from the pulpit i i couldn't tell you i can't tell you the number of times i've been in churches where the pastor you could tell the pastor was mad at somebody because he's talking about something that had nothing to do with, you know, it ain't blessing. He's talking about you ain't got no business doing that. You ain't got no business, and it is not dealing with sin. Talking about, you know, issues in the church. You know, you ain't got no business. You're supposed to follow the head, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, that's, and to, again, you know, there's a place for that. But I'm talking about those who take advantage. You know, you, you're mad at some member because the board won't give you a raise. So what are you going to do? You're going to preach about the board members. In your sermon, uh, a woman don't want to have sex with you. So what are you going to do? You're going to preach about the woman in your sermon. You know what I'm saying? Things like that. And, and, and then there are those, there are those pastors who try to control people's lives. They try to tell them what to wear. Yeah, it's almost like a cult. You can wear this, but you can't wear that. Now, and I'm not talking about you know legalism in the Pentecostal apostolic tradition. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about those who claim to be free from those traditions, free from all of that stuff, still want people to behave a certain way, still want them to conform to what they want to conform. That's that's a predator. And believe it or not, so many of those preachers, uh, those people are and predating, uh, predators. Well, look, I, I I appreciate you joining in the show. I, I've really gone over my time, and I I just want to say I, I always love sharing uh, with you guys, and I, I love when y'all share. I appreciate you. Again, next we'll be back here. Uh, different topics, same time. What's the be blessing? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.